Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Hey team, uh, before we get started with today's episode, a quick note about the audio. It's uh, not my favorite. We've been schlepping, but uh, you know what? I've figured it out, and for next week, it will be crystal clear, okay? So don't take this week as an indication of the future of the audio quality for this program. Okay, that's all. Thank you. Eater's Digest. Hit the music. Welcome to a special or the first of who knows how many quarantine edition of Eater's Digest. My name is Daniel Janine. I'm coming at you from an apartment in downtown Toronto, Ontario, um, a country ruled by Justin Trudeau. Uh, and on the line is Amanda Clute, my co-host. How are you, Amanda? Hi, Daniel. Doing well. I'm coming at you from Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, uh, quarantined in my house with my two children and husband. And we are doing just fine. I'm alone. I'm sorry, Daniel. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. I think that this is the biggest grass is always greener. Everyone who's on their own is is like, man, I wish there were other people here. And everyone who has other people is like, man, I wish I was on my own. Yeah, I'm kind of like, man, I wish I had time to read or watch TV or do anything other than the two full-time jobs I have right now. Um, but I am counting my blessings because I have a job and a lot of people do not right now or are worried they're about to lose their job. So Daniel, last week when we put our show together, we talked about the novel coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like we are living in a completely different world today. Then we were talking about how restaurants serving downtown Seattle office workers were going to take a hit. We were talking about New York restaurants who do events were taking a hit. Uh, But now dozens of states and cities have shut down restaurants and bars except for takeout. Las Vegas, which is a city that is almost completely dependent on hospitality, is basically shut down. Mm -hmm. I remember on the show after we recorded last week, our editor Serena Dye was telling us that one of her, the restaurateur she interviewed said this was going to be worse than 9-11. And she didn't want to say it on the show because- she didn't want to fear monger, but now it seems like almost an understatement. One of the things I find most insane about this environment we're living in is it's like never before have I seen such the reality shift on like an hourly basis. And also maybe it's because of how much exposure we have, but it's like people just adjust to new reality so fast. And 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 now the idea like yesterday, if I were talking to someone who was working at a restaurant, I'd be like, oh, and how are things going? Not yesterday, but, you know, a week ago. And now if I talk to someone who's working in a restaurant, I'm like, you guys are still open? Yeah. Like, what the hell? I was just texting with my my mom and my sister, and they are both going to their offices. And I'm just like, are you guys crazy? I think a very clear example of this is about three days ago, people were still talking about, you know, how maybe gift cards can help restaurants and how, like, everyone had seen someone just put out a GoFundMe, which was like a direct donation thing. Uh-huh. And people were still like, I don't know. I don't really want to ask people for just straight up money Mm, and like a day later it is 
100% accepted. And no, I mean, no, I didn't look at any of those things. I didn't like raise my eyebrow at a, at a GoFundMe three days ago. I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is what, because gift cards are just debt. But now every single restaurant has one and it doesn't look, it doesn't even feel like asking for anything. It just feels like, hey, if you care about restaurants, like now's the time to shell out. It's not like a charity situation, but it's just amazing how quickly it's, how quickly that has evolved. Yeah. And also how quickly the understanding that small business needs a bailout has solidified with people. Like this is not an outrageous ask. It's actually a reality that this industry needs billions of dollars pumped into it as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, anyway, Daniel, I think we should outline what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about like the state of things, how things are in the industry. We're going to talk about what the government's doing, what diners are doing, uh, throw in a little lighthearted, positive outlooks uh, because people don't just come here to have a downer sesh with you and me. I think we're better at, at the laws than we are at the downs. <laughs> we, we really are. Uh, we are yeah. We are not. A downer Daniel is just not a good time, I have to say. Am I a downer Dan right yeah, now? I'm just saying if we went in that direction with the show, it's it's not my favorite way to interact with you. <laughs> Yeah. I, <laughs> as someone who manages a lot of people, I'm sure, you know, you got to use people for what they're good at. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't put me, you're not going to put me as the host of like one of those, uh, I don't know, raise money for animal welfare ads or something. No, like definitely. That. I mean, maybe if it's like a fun one. <laughs> yeah. I love those. I love those fun ones. We actually Three like a dog race. Yeah, We once had a feature on Eater called Chefs and Cats where we would bring in dogs and cats that needed to be adopted and have them pose for portraits with the chefs. And then we would raise awareness for a chef charity. But that got... It was mostly a joke. So yeah, use use your people for what they're good at. Uh, I will... This is weighing on me very, very heavily, obviously. I mean, the world is just totally different, but yeah, you know? I'm... Yeah, but my point is it's weighing on everyone and no one needs to hear you say that. You know, <laughs> like we're not helping. But you know what? We are the nation's uh, leading resource for for food and yes. Drink. So on that note, I want to do a quick overview of the situation as it stands. Thursday morning, we're gonna publish the show Friday. So right now, restaurants have been forced to close for dine and service in 23 states and six major U.S. cities. Most of those cities are actually in Texas because Texas hasn't done a lockdown, but all of their big cities have. The National Restaurant Association sent out a plea for money yesterday, and they said that, quote, we are anticipating sales to decline by $225 billion during the next three months, which will prompt the loss of between five and seven million jobs. That's an e economic impact of $675 billion because every dollar spent in restaurants generates generates an additional $2 elsewhere. In, the in your experience, has the, the National Restaurant Association been... They're a big lobbying group, but usually for chains. So they are usually, in my point of view, the bad guys because they're the ones fighting against a fair minimum wage. Um, they're fighting against national sick leave, et cetera, et cetera, uh, because they represent groups like Darden and McDonald's and KFC. Uh, but now they are kind of working for everybody because that's their job. So this is kind of the one time they're also on the side of small business. So we're really, the, the team's really coming together here, right? Eh? I think as you see in government, it's time for everybody to just like get their act together, work, play nicely and make it happen. Do people call it the NRA? Yeah, they, yeah. And, uh, 
I know the people who dislike them call them the other NRA. Do you worry that they on the on on the surface are championing the whole industry right now? But if the money does come, it will go predominantly to the larger chains. I mean, that is a concern, but I think the government officials are very um paying they're paying a lot of attention to exactly where the money is going and tying a lot of provisions to the money. So when they're looking at Putting like right now, there's a bill on the table. It's a trillion dollar relief bill that would include 150 billion dollars for small business, and that would mean businesses mm-hmm. under with under 500 people. So I think th- there are going to be provisions like that. Like when they talk about bailing out the airlines, they're talking about putting provisions on where um, they have to take certain measures involving executive pay, involving paying back dividends to shareholders, et cetera, et cetera. So some of these. Mm-hmm. These funds will come with strings attached. Good, we like strings. We like strings. Sometimes when it comes to taxpayer dollars. And then, and then, how are things going on the restaurant level? So many of them are closing um, because they have no other choice. Uh, some are offering takeout and delivery uh, where it's available. Some are offering cocktail delivery and wine delivery. Some are offering supplies like toilet paper and diapers and wipes. Um, some are selling groceries. You know, because they have these wholesale relationships and the the food system is still working. It's still intact. Like right, even right, though you read right. about runs on grocery stores, if you go to many of them, you know, a couple of days later, they're restocked. So restaurants are still getting supplies if they're up and running and they could then yeah. sell them to you and make a little profit on it, which is nice for them. A, a moment of relief is that it is nice to see like, I don't know, a, a butcher shop that I love ends meat in New York they're like, hey, our supply chain's fully intact right now. Yeah. And uh, so that that does, I guess, provide a little bit of comfort that just like the things that move in the background, some of them are still moving well. Yeah. And that people, that there's ingenuity at play. Like my favorite local restaurant, uh, she basically, the owner sold off the entire wine cellar. So she got all the wine out sold it at retail prices so that she could have a little pile of cash to get her through the next two months and to get her employees through the next two months. So I think seeing, seeing that kind of stuff is, is really interesting. A certain amount of restaurants have stayed open and found interesting ways to like make a little bit of money. But most of them have just said, there's no point in us staying open and, and they've closed off smaller and bigger restaurant groups. Well, and a lot of them think it's the safer thing to do because they're not having their employees come into contact with one another. Um, so there have what been, happened with Union Square? They closed down all of their restaurants. They laid off 2,000 people on Wednesday. Uh, a lot of groups are laying off their employees in massive numbers. Um, a lot of restaurants are laying off their employees so that they can collect unemployment. I've heard of some shady stories mm-hmm. of big restaurant groups putting everyone on zero-hour schedules and having them kind of employed but on hiatus so that they can't collect unemployment, which is pretty shitty because, you know, it's not just unemployment doesn't just come out of nowhere. The employers have to pay for it and pay into that fund. So it's kind of shitty to see what people are doing this this time. I don't know. I feel like the Union Square Hospitality Group, Danny Meyer's restaurant group is kind of like the bonds of the restaurant industry. You know, they're they're, they're just the safe bet juggernaut. Mm -hmm. So the second I feel like that was that was the sign for me when they were like, yep. 2,000 employees. Well, we're going to see that in much bigger numbers. Yeah, we got notes from people at the Ace Hotel New York yesterday saying that they all got laid off on Wednesday too. So it's just, 
it's like a domino situation. Like just hearing about Vegas is so crazy to me, even though it was obvious and coming because that town is just so filled with hotels, casinos, restaurants. Like there's, there's nothing else in that downtown area. No, you can't do anything there except (laughs) crowd. So it's just, it's, this is such a catastrophic thing. Um, but anyway, governments are doing things. Like I said, there's a, a trillion dollar bailout on the table. Um, Local governments are trying to take measures into their own hands. There have been in Seattle, they're putting a ban on commercial evictions. I know in Massachusetts, they're deferring sales and meal taxes for certain businesses. Uh, Everybody, restaurateurs across the country are asking for all kinds of relief in terms of um, tax relief, rent relief, relief from their vendors and, and from apps that they're trying to use still like Uber Eats and Grubhub and DoorDash and Instacart. And there are a lot of piecemeal things that are happening and need to happen. Um, And then on the grassroots level, you know, there are, as you've probably seen, tons of virtual tip jars and Venmo accounts and GoFundMes and um, bigger charities like One Fair Wage trying to raise a bunch of money. Uh, Diners are buying gift cards and merchandise. And in Seattle, there's a big movement to book reservations in advance and prepay for dinner in like October. I think you glazed over uh, delivery apps here, which um, again, if there's not to keep finding silver linings, but uh, the fact that we've we've harped on delivery apps constantly on this show, you must have been a little bit worried when you saw Grubhub was relieving all their restaurants of their fees because you were like, oh, maybe they're not that bad. And then... Uh, and it turns out they were. <laughs> Yahoo! Well, it's interesting with Grubhub because they made such a big deal out of it. Like they had a huge press conference. They had that head of Let Us Entertain You, that giant restaurant group with over 100 restaurants in Chicago was there at the press conference. And it was this huge deal about how they were going to, you know, invest $100 million worth of fees towards helping the situation. But then when you read the fine print, it turns out it was just a deferral of fees. And I didn't tell you this, Daniel, but a listener wrote in to me about this a few days ago, the beginning of the yeah. week. He wrote in and he said, this is bullshit because if you look at his note, he says deferrals, not waiving the fees. And I wrote back and I was like, no, I'm sure it means that he's just waiving the fees for now and that they'll come back. So it means deferring the idea of fees whatever. I just couldn't believe it. And he was like, okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. And then when we looked at the fine print, he was right. They were just deferring fees for 30 days and you still have to pay the fees. They made a giant press announcement just to say, you could take a second. You could take a second. And then when things get really hard, then you have to pay this money back. Yeah. Grubhub slash Seamless continues to be the worst partner for restaurants. And also, I think the fees were just those exorbitant marketing fees that they're deferring. You still have to pay all the other fees. Well, let's stay on delivery for a second. Are you? How do you feel about ordering delivery in this time? I mean, I feel pretty great about it. How do you feel about it? <laughs> I just mean, I just mean, you know, you're 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 famously someone who deleted her all her delivery apps, which I think you're the only person to publicly say I deleted all my blank apps and they were delivery and not dating. Because that feels like the most common thing people say. Yeah. you. I guess you re-downloaded them and you've been swiping? No, no. I mean, I still do what I said in the piece, which is I go to the restaurant, see which carrier they prefer. Many of them do it themselves. And oftentimes, I end up at a site called Chow Now. 
And so I'm usually Mm. using chow now because that's what most restaurants that I order from seem to prefer. I don't think chow now is an angel on all this. Like I've seen, I was looking up comments on their website and some people complain about this and that, but I think since so many small operators are choosing them over seamless and many of the other ones that they're probably charging lower commission rates and marketing fees. It's crazy that you've seen restaurants that are like Alinea group in Chicago, Uh the probably, you know, one of America's most famous tasting menu restaurants is now doing a $33 uh, home delivery roast chicken dinner. Did you see the tweets about Carbone on Wednesday night? Oh my God. What happened? They Carbone, a fancy Italian restaurant in New York where you can get chicken parm for like $75. They're doing takeout now. And the line for it was so large. The crowd congregating was so large that the police had to come to break it up. I just like this is a time when you're not supposed to be within six feet of another person. And people are just crowding around the entrance of Carbone trying to get their takeout expensive spaghetti. Isn't that insane? Yes. Imagine if like Dominique Ansel released some new viral pastry yes. in this moment. And it's like to go <laughs> Pick up only. <laughs> yeah. It's like, get it together, people. I, I This is, uh, again, I don't know why I keep saying on a lighter note, but like, it's wild that a restaurant like Carbone, obviously, I think I could speak for you and we both respect as a an amazing business restaurant. They have been They've captured the hearts and minds of many of a diner and an Instagrammer. But I don't think if we were to both say an Italian restaurant in New York or anywhere that uh, has a ch- that that maintains a level of, of of culinary credibility, I don't think Carbone would be the first that came to mind. Um, but yet everyone I talk to, all my friends in New York are like, is this a good time to go to Carbone, Dan? I'm like, <laughs> no. Look, have I, do you? I don't know. I mean... I would have thought, but I guess not. And also, like, why don't you? There's so many like other places that you can't get into that are like mom and pop Italian yes. shops. That's what you should be excited about. Uh, Carbone has a Vegas location. Did you see the pictures from Gotham Bar and Grills last night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. So Gotham Bar and Grill is this 36-year-old restaurant. <laughs> it decided to close in the height of the coronavirus scares, probably because they knew that they couldn't make it through this. And so they had a crazy closing night party, as one would expect, but in a time when you should not be around other people. Yeah. Obviously, if this happened right now, it wouldn't be the same because all restaurants and bars, you know, are mandated close. This was last last Saturday night. So it was generally smart to not be around people, but it wasn't mandated. And so people just crowded that restaurant. They were opening crazy bottles of wine. People were drinking from the bottles. There was a baby at the bar. Yeah. It's just like it was in that unique pocket of time where like people were still justifying their like last hurrah. Yeah, it's like a last hurrah thing, which is the worst. It's like, well, if I'm gonna so, go out, I'm gonna go out with a bang. Yeah, I just want to infect a couple more people and then that's it. Yeah. It's so it's so crazy. But I mean, that did. I don't think I've seen photo evidence of uh, dystopia more crystallized than those. I got texts from people that night saying, hey, you going to come to Gotham? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. I was like, no. And you're like, yeah, I'm bringing my baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bring the kids. Let's do it. Let's party. Oh, man. Do you think that anyone was at home being like, you know, everyone says we shouldn't go, but they've got so much foie gras to get rid of. Well, they're going to open their cellar with some pretty sweet yeah. once in a lifetime wines, which they did. Yeah. You know what? It's so it's so hard and try and trying to like spread your morals to other people is that like. That party was probably fun, you know, and it's not oh, like it anyone was, was dropping dead at the party. It's really hard to be like, you don't understand the effects you're having on society by doing something like that. And they're like, yeah, I don't because <laughs> I don't see them. Well, that's why and I have to wait, have to weigh in. That's why the government mandates had to happen because they're like, oh, shit, people aren't listening because they had issued that day before a rule in New York where you had to be at 50 percent capacity. And people were totally shirking it or they were coming up with creative ways around it. They were like, well, fire code says I can only have 150 people in here, but my basement is very large. Uh, so I'll just close the basement bar. It's like, no, the whole point is to spread people out. It's not about regulation. Wait, yeah, we need to talk about that. It is so insane. That was so insane. The loopholes that people are yeah. finding. You know what I think like? I think that uh, the kitchens in New York had an open kitchen revolution where um, people were, you know, you could go to the restaurant and see what was going on. I think we need an open hospital revolution where all the hospitals are glassed in just so you have to walk by when you come home from Gotham after sabering some Cristal and yeah. be like, well, oops, oops. On June 14th, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your team, Riley. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters June 14th. Get tickets now. All right, Amanda, we're going to be right back after the messages with some lighter content. So stick through because uh, we got gotcha. you. All right. As a as a transition, I uh, we put out a call for funny stories. I got um, a couple <laughs> from a woman in Florida, a hospitality professional, who sent me some gold. Okay, gold. I uh, there are two stories. There are two uh, voice notes here. I actually like the second better than the first, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play them for you over the the microphone right now, and uh, I want I want your take. What do you think? Okay, great. This is pre weirdness. I'm cruising through the patio on Sunday, and this guest is like, "Uh, excuse me, can I get more bread?" And our bread service is not listed on the menu, although it's like this beautiful sourdough with whipped butter and chives. It's amazing, but we don't put it on the menu because it's free. So of course I'm like, sure. This is happening because we are not eating enough bread as a society. Like dead looking at me in the eyes. And she's like, that is why we're having coronavirus. Uh, that's amazing. People are crazy. I think she, the woman, the diner feels like she's accusing them of something and saying, if you guys were more honest and forthcoming with your bread, then this wouldn't be a problem. But it's it's free bread. Like they're they're okay with giving. It's like. Can we get more bread? Sure. Then you don't have to launch into the Corona thing. I think she wants them to advertise the bread and just really force bread upon people and make sure people are eating a lot of bread so that we don't all get coronavirus. I get it. Can you imagine thinking that though? Like I didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> of course not. 
there's so much crazy logic that I kind of understand, right? Like right, right, right. anti-vaxxing, anti-vaxxers, worst thing in the world, but like, you can see, you can see the, the gymnastics that's going on there. It's maybe it's there's, not... there's some part of the internet that we are just not involved in where if you read some of it, you'd be on board with this theory. Charcoal. I mean, listen, uh, a lot of the original biohackers, as we've talked about on this show, uh, used to burn. Well, it was an old Tim Ferriss thing before he would go out drinking, he would burn the shit out of bread, scrape off the black burnt part. Ooh. Yeah. And take it down because you know what? That is nature's sponge. Uh, this one is just an all-timer. So this is from Sunday night. Uh, Miami, obviously, like was a little bit slower to be locking. I guess, you know, we weren't totally locked down on Sunday either, but here, here, this is from Sunday night. Yesterday, things got super weird. The cops came to explain to me what the city ordinance was, that we had to be closed by 10, the social distancing parameters. And so we removed half of the seating in the bar, like really spaced out the bar seat. So guests came in. This is like a time I'm like, well, the only thing that I can really do right now for the business and for the team is for, to be super normal and like talk to guests. But so I go behind the bar stage. All of a sudden I hear 19, 18, 17, 16. There's a guest on the other side of the bar counting as I wash my fucking hands. That's how we ended service yesterday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so condescending of that patron. <laughs> yeah that's one way to so put it. it was imagine her being like i have to do my best to just instill normalcy here i'm gonna go back time to socialize time to put on my game my hospitality face yeah i'm gonna get behind the bar and then some guest just goes overboard like if you're counting like that go the fuck home yeah go home like you, go home you're not helping what are you doing you're in not the wrong yeah place? you're clearly a paranoid nutcase i mean <laughs> Listen, wash your hands for a long time. It's it, I'm a little over the double happy birthday thing. I've been yeah. thinking in my head constantly, like, what is the same length as happy birthday? I've tried I to figure out how long into 20 seconds. That's why they came up with all these songs. What's what's funny about this, I think, is that what I wanted to talk about on the back half of the <laughs> show, which I don't think we'll have time to get into, is just like how good restaurants are and how everybody's come together and it shows how great society is in the you know, hospitality you, industry, but yeah, it's also one of the worst people, the customers. Hospi so, oh. yeah, oh, the so customer, many, customers, yeah. so bad. Yeah. I mean, all these, like, I mean, they, they love a lot of their, a lot of 10% of customers are lovable, but like you hear all these chefs and everything being like, we love our customers so much. It's like, not all of them. Not um, all of them. But definitely not all I, of them. Oh, I thought what you were going to say was a different thing, which was like how much we love restaurants. Cause like before I, you value, I, I feel like you just value your time out so much more now. Like we're 15 fucking days into this thing. And the idea of sitting on a Tuesday after work, having a, like a martini and a plate of bread or whatever on a patio just sounds like actual heaven. And the idea that in the past I've been like, I don't feel like going for dinner tonight. It's a Tuesday. I got to get up reasonably early tomorrow is so absurd now. I mean, I just have such a new appreciation for all uh, forms of socializing even on weekdays, which yes. is such a, you know, Same. new thing for me. Do you really? 
Of course. But I feel like I feel like one of the things that is wonderful about parenting, all of it's wonderful, I'm sure. <laughs> but one of the things that's wonderful about parenting is uh-huh. when you get a chance to like go out and have a night or like go out and socialize, you're like, you don't care if it's a fucking Saturday or a Tuesday. You're like, cool, I have yes, a night. I don't take restaurants and bars and going out for granted at all. Oh, good for you. But I do miss them more than ever right now. I almost yeah. went, um, you know, as we were recording, we took a break between recording sessions and I found out in that break that another restaurant by me was selling off their wine cellar. And yeah. I was going to go just to like be in the space because they're letting people in one by one and you like pick your wine. But the line, was I would like have fucking loved long. that if you had just gone in not to buy wine. Well, I would have bought wine space, too. <laughs> just to be in this space. And they were like, so what are you getting? And you're like, I just wanted I just to be here. And they're like, there's be. a line out the door, lady. Are you kidding me? There was a line out the door around the block. Everyone's six feet apart in the line. It was, yeah. it was very unusual to see. Yeah, it's a, it's an opportune time to be a, a line cutter because no one's ever going to be like, get real aggressive. They'll just like slowly bubble out. All right, Daniel, what else What else you got? We need to talk quickly about how ridiculous is it? How ridiculous? I mean, I get it. But all the emails that I've been getting from restaurants that I haven't been to for like nine years that are like in Virginia telling yeah. me about their. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. We're like washing hands. I mean, I get it. I don't blame them at all. I think it's really nice. But also like you've had my email for this long and haven't used it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's less disturbing, though, than all the emails I've been getting. It's not disturbing. I, I think or, or it's less, nice. OK. Yeah. I thought you were saying it was annoying. I've been getting a lot of emails from big brands and stores and yeah. like, you know, like West Elm and what we're doing. It's like, I yeah. don't care. Come on. What we're doing at West Elm, yeah. Yeah, or like, we really care about you and the Yoga Vita community. Like, what? No, come on. I went to one class like seven years ago. All of the emails that start with all, like, everything we're doing is for our staff and then Mm -hmm. talking about how they're still open and they're taking precautions are hilarious. Well, that was really interesting to me in that period, at least in New York, between everyone getting shut down and people shutting down voluntarily, where people had the same lines and social media of we're doing it for the community, whether they were shutting down or they were staying open. It's like, (laughs) we're going to continue to serve our community as long as we can. And the other one's like, for the community, we're going to shut down. And it just shows how fraught this time is and how everyone feels like they're doing the right thing, but they're unsure and everyone's afraid. Even the copy on these things, like no one knows what the right thing to write to all your customers is. So like someone did it once. Writing the same Doing the same thing. No, but that's because who did the first one, right? Right. Like did Target send the first email and then every version is just, every every email is just a version of Target's passed through all the companies. Right. Because like you're not going to get in huge trouble if you just do the same. Well, you're not going to get in trouble anyway. Uh, I think it's interesting. Have you been mad at any brands trying to trying to cash in uh, and saying like, hey, it's a Besides good size Grubhub? Well, no, but I mean, like, uh, like oh, like actually cash food in? brands being like, hey, it's a good time to stock up. Oh, yes. Well, I've had some publicists that are like, I have a you know, this is a great item for your <laughs> pandemic pantry. And it's like, pandemic don't, don't call it pandemic pantry. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the pandemic pantry, like the good thing, not the good thing, but I think as a society, most of us are pretty good at making light of things after they're over. So there's going to be like the pandemic pantry cookbook, you know, oh, once yeah. we're all. I mean, probably during. Probably during. It'll, someone's yeah. going prob- to launch it now. I mean, the publicists are really working overtime because they know that having 
a publicist is kind of a luxury for many people. So they are really trying to work overtime to show their value. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't want to jump ahead and I don't want to make light of everything, of anything, but the way that these restaurants uh, reopen and like allow and, and start to roll out measures or, and start to roll out service again in three or whatever months is going to be fascinating because it seems like it's not, at least now, it seems like it's not going to be the lights are off and then they go on. It seems like we'll probably have a, re- uh, a reverse of what we had tapering down where we taper up. Yeah, I feel like this will really be over when there's like an Ariana Grande concert at MSG or something like that. You know, mm. like that's how you know that. Yeah, I think we're a ways off from that. OK, a couple couple last things to get through. Again, this is a this is a serious topic, but like. You really don't know how good you are at panic shopping until you have to do it. And I am terrible. I went to Whole Foods in a panic twice and both times bought four cans of Wolfgang Puck chicken and dumplings. <laughs> so I, <laughs> the entirety of my panic buying is eight cans of Wolfgang Puck's chicken and dumpling soup. I would bet that a lot of people are great at panic shopping and they've been You're like training their shopping. whole lives for this. I'm no, yeah. I'm not great at panic shopping because guess what? You don't panic. Yeah. Didn't panic shop. Have not panic shopped. Well, I mean, I obviously, if I was really taking panic shopping seriously, I would have gone home and figured it out and then gone back. I guess I did that, but I still did the same thing. <laughs> you just need things that won't go bad. And also the grocery stores, still they still have stuff. In fairness to me, like I just didn't know how strong the supply chains were at Wolfgang Puck can- at the canning operation. Right. You got to you got to you know stock I mean? up on that stuff. You don't know how long that's yeah. going to be there. That's specific. I don't want to be la- left with like any chunks or whatever. If you have a favorite product, just get it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The mini the minist- the Wolfgang Puck minestrone has been sold out for months pre anyway. Dan, do we have any other voice memos? Uh, we do. We have another voice memo. We have, um, we'll get to, we have more, but we can get to them next time because we're running out of time here. Um, okay, this is from, okay. So I'm going to warn you, Amanda, you you put out, we put out a thing. <laughs> this is just really nice. You put out a, a note asking for people's like uplifting stories. Mm-hmm. This is like an, so unrelated to Corona. I'll take it. Okay. And it's just a, it's a pretty uplifting. Okay, well, I'm just going to play it. It's from Matt. I love Matt, but this, yeah, okay, here we go. So this is about a local restaurant vendor who sells smoked turkey legs at football games. And this is in the years before Square, PayPal, or Venmo. And I went to buy a turkey leg, and I didn't have enough cash. But they gave it to me anyway. And they said... Just come back and pay me later. So a couple of years later, I tried to do that. And I got a lot of confused looks by the people working the, the booth and selling turkey legs. But that small gesture really meant a lot. Your thoughts? I love I love that story so much. I love that they gave him the turkey leg because yeah. that shows the kind of generosity we're talking about in the hospitality industry. I love that he waited two years to repay them. Because that's just hilarious on its own. Yeah. And of course they were confused, but they appreciated it. Good for him. It's like the lady from last week who returned the beer stein fifty years later. I don't I don't know how much effort Matt went into to repaying them, you know? Like I and he so he put it on his to-do I, list. It just took him a while. 
I don't know how much I'm willing to give Matt credit for doing because like two years later, he's got to know there. They no one has any clue what he's doing. It's just basically donating eight. But how much would you guess a turkey leg is I, at, a, at a football at a stadium? Football, at a football stadium? 18. Yeah, I was going to say 15. But that's but that's when you get into country football. All right. You're not you're not no one's no one's fronting you a Shake Shack burger at no. uh, what you're going to see the Jets play or whatever. This reminds me that I got a, a Nathan's hot dog from the cart outside work. And the guy was so nice and he gave it to me because I didn't. It's cash only. And uh, you know what? So once 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 this wave is over, that I'm going to go repay that guy because I totally forgot. until. Oh, time. man. See, you're just the same as Matt. Okay, so that's all, all right. the time we have for today. Uh, but we did want to end with a note telling you how you can support the restaurant industry. Uh, there's a really great fund that the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation has put together. They've already raised $80,000. Uh, if you go to eater.com, we have a list of all the big funds from them, from One Fair Wage. Also, if you like a restaurant in your neighborhood, just go to their website or Instagram or any of their social media pages because they probably have a GoFundMe or a way to donate or a way to buy gift cards or merch. Um, so I would reach out that way to try to support the people who you really love and care about. Thank you very much for listening to our first quarantine episode. First of who it knows how many. It will get smoother as we go. But please, if you have any voice memos for us, any thoughts, any stories you want us to talk about, any uplifting stories send them all to digest at eater.com and if you have anything you want me to reveal to amanda on air without her seeing it first send it to dan <laughs> at eater.com or find yes, me on instagram even better that's kind of the more fun stuff sometimes, yeah but yeah definitely uh okay so that's all thanks amanda thank um, you thank be you for taking time be safe everyone